Oikos Podcast, Sustainability Conversation. Hi, this is Lindsay Schaefer with Oikos at the Oikos UNDP Young Scholars Development Academy in Nairobi, Kenya. I'm here talking with Dr. Christopher Yankee, Assistant Professor of Organization and Markets at the University of Chicago Booth School of Business. He's going to be here talking with me today about uh, research and sustainability in emerging markets. Hello, Chris. Hi, Lindsay. How are you? <laughs> Good, thanks. It's great to be here. Great. Thank you for being here. Sure. So, um, what do you have to add to this topic of of uh, sustainability in emerging markets today? Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's uh, it's an extremely relevant uh, conversation. It's probably even a bit past due. Um, you know, markets as a as a market structures as a way of organizing society is uh, is historically uh, still a very new phenomenon, but it's spreading uh, extremely quickly. Um, and uh, maybe the bulk of that spread has already happened. Uh, maybe there's still more to more to come. But I think the I think what we're looking at at the global level uh, is uh, is are a lot of of really new market structures that we're still trying to make sense of. Um, and I think that fundamentally markets are can be uh, a really great way to, to organize societies. I think that there's a lot of truth to the statement that uh, that market structures are perhaps um, the most powerful wealth creation uh, uh, way of organizing society that uh, that humankind is, has known. Um, but that doesn't mean that we should assume that just because there is a market that we actually get uh, this benefit, and so that's where the the sustainability issue comes in is is looking very deeply at how uh, markets in different locations, markets of of different flavors of organization, uh, have varying outcomes uh, for the populations that are involved, and of course that has uh, that has uh, deep implications for uh, for sustainability issues. So, uh, my own work is on the uh, establishment of the stock exchange here in Kenya. Where the, which I think is a good example of, of this topic, where they've they've recruited, uh, if you believe my back of the envelope calculations, probably about 60% of Kenyan households that earn more than double the, double the poverty wage are now shareholders in the Nairobi Securities Exchange. Um, now, is that is that good for them or is it bad for them? Um, I don't I don't think it's either one of those. I think that the the value of participating in a in a formal structure like that is uh, is pretty directly proportional to um, the level of information you have about that particular type of market, and so it's it's not just a, a question of can we pull people into markets, um, because markets are you know in, in in instances where people are not in market structures, uh, and then you pull them in, you're you're almost by definition pulling them into uh, exchange relationships that that they're that they're not familiar with and that they they don't have complete information about. Um, and so to put it in sort of market vernacular, right, you, you almost instantly have an information asymmetry um, between people who are now in this market structure. And so I think that a lot of work in the field uh, in the past years, decades, has been about what are the determinants of creating markets? And, the, and, and a lot of the, the, the research really stopped. Uh, at that, and uh, for one reason or another, you know, maybe we just assumed that markets would have some some outcome. And so the interesting thing was, do we have a market or not? And so now I think we're seeing uh, a really strong second wave of attention, or the attention in this second wave of, of research being 
okay, now that we do have a market, what is the effect of that market? Not just do we have it, yes or no, but uh, how is it developed? How is it, uh, how is it uh, benefiting or not benefiting the, the people who are uh, now participating in them? Uh, and so we, we look at a lot of now of the implications of creating these markets. So, you know, through the 80s, 90s, early 2000s, uh, we were in a big push to create markets. And now I think we're in a big push to uh, to pause for a second and ask uh, what the outcomes of, of making uh, making those markets um, are for uh, for for uh, for the for all of the populations who are now participating and that's the sustainability angle is that uh, you know if, if markets if we're creating markets that are inherently uh, do I want to say unfair I don't know uh, unfair is you know sort of a, a loaded term if we're making markets that are asymmetric uh, to, to stick with an academic term they're asymmetric in opportunity they're asymmetric in information they're asymmetric in in uh, in uh, access to, to opportunities and benefits and that sort of thing then they're they're inherently um, uh, unsustainable because uh, because it just means that uh, that uh, popular portions of the of the market that don't have the information the opportunity um, that sort of thing are are, are uh, at a real disadvantage and you just get an incredible uh, increasingly lopsided structure uh, and I just don't see how that can uh, that can sustain itself so uh, so I, I think it's great that uh, that now we've got a lot of research on the implications of building markets on the outcomes of of building markets, um, and I think that's really healthy uh, academically. I think it's really healthy in a in a policy uh, sense, um, and uh, and I'm really uh, I'm really pleased to see this uh, this turn uh, in the field. And so uh, I think the field is playing catch up in this regard. I think we have a long ways to go to really understand the implications of of market structures, because of course markets aren't just a single kind of entity. Uh, you know, a market in Kenya is very different than a market in uh, in, in North America or Europe or, uh, or you know, Sri Lanka or, or any of these places. So we've got a lot of work uh, ahead of us to uh, sort of map out the types of markets that, are, uh, that have been built and, uh, and, uh, and the unique kind of outcomes they're, they're leading to, uh, they're, they're, they're heading towards. So, um, so in that vein, it's, it's been really great to be part of the workshop here and, and get this great batch of, of graduate students who brought in some really fantastic proposals. Um, and being a, a relatively new area of inquiry, there's a ton of room uh, for new ideas um, and expansion plans, and, and we've heard a lot of that this week. And so I'm really excited about what these students are going to do, um, and uh, and I think we've given them some really good feedback uh, and support for uh, for pushing forward. So. For people who are just starting out in this area, uh, and this includes me because I'm, I'm still you know, relatively new. I was a graduate student just a year and a half ago, so uh, so it's not like I'm, I have decades of experience to uh, to draw on. Uh, I think that uh, I think that there's great new ideas. I, I see a couple of pitfalls, um, and, and the main one is that I think there's a strong tendency when we're going in new directions to draw too heavily on the past, and so. I haven't seen it very much here, but I've seen it at a lot of other places um, in, that, in that a lot of new research projects are basically taking an existing theoretical framework and just applying it to a new setting. And, and of course, the area where we have really well-established theoretical frameworks is North America and Europe. And we're sort of taking these theoretic ideas about how we think people are organized 
and then we're collecting data in far-flung locales like you know southern India or uh, you know eastern Africa or, or, or places like this and I think we're really missing an opportunity uh, to, to create new knowledge uh, about the kinds of causal mechanisms that are explaining outcomes in these very different locations and so if I had one bit of advice uh, to give people who are just starting out now, it's allow yourself a fresh set of eyes to look at the problem that you're going to study. That doesn't mean that you should neglect the existing literature. It means that you should understand the realities of, uh, the, of the setting that you're studying first. And then you should secondarily go back and compare that to existing work and existing ideas that might explain that or might not. Because uh, we have such an opportunity as we're now allowing ourselves to not just study the New York Stock Exchange and the Fortune 500 and that sort of thing, that we're allowing ourselves to, to do in-depth work with you know, microfinance organizations in slums in India or Africa, that sort of thing. These are completely new contexts, and, and I think that we're going to uncover uh, really unique uh, uh, ways that people are organized, right? theoretic lessons about how human beings are organized. And, uh, and if we're too focused on the work that has come before us, uh, we're going to miss uh, some of that newness that's, uh, that's being made available to us. Now, of course, we need to incorporate all of this into one literature, so I'm not, I'm not making a case against the existing literature. I'm saying the existing literature is outstanding. It needs to be elevated even further. And I think the best way to, to elevate uh, our, our body of knowledge is to allow us uh, to, to think in new ways that will add to the literature. So I'm not, I'm not advocating to replace what we already know. Um, I think that what I'm suggesting is a, is a way to, to improve it even more. Thank you for all your great insights. It's been a pleasure, mm -hmm. and i um, glad you've been here this week, and it's been fantastic. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks a lot, Lindsay. I was really happy to be included. It's been a great week. Thanks.